Hey, it's AC Lee here, and uh, this is part two of our three-hour conversation from this week. In part two, uh, we get to our Falcons first segment when we talk about uh, Desmond Ritter now being starting quarterback for the Falcons. We talk some James Garoppolo and what his future looks like. Does Lamar Jackson get paid? Uh, we talk about the Chiefs and their uh, changes to their offense. And then we close out discussing U.S. soccer because I'm not going to care about the United States soccer team until the United States care about their own soccer team and their own soccer program. Hope you all enjoy. Yeah, we produced this show, too. I mean, I'm not going to come on here and say, now, Paul A.P., do you really think that Desmond Ritter is the best rookie in this draft class, even though he hasn't played yet? <laughs> now you might as well throw that herb in there. Desmond Ritter, starting quarterback, Atlanta Falcons. Parlay Pete, react. No, I, I have to give almost like a Max Kellerman type of uh, talk to it. You know. I think of it this way. You had nothing to lose. You had nothing to lose with starting Mariota. He did what he did. We knew what he was, and we still know what he was. It is. We've at least got this guy. There's this unknown. Maybe he brings a spark. They're not out of the division race. He can do all these things. We saw one thing's for sure. He's a fucking winner, right? He's a winner. Cincinnati, nothing but 10-win seasons, four-year starter. The guys matured. The guys had to get it out the mud. He led that, he led that team. Paul A. Pete, Paul A. Pete, don't make me throw up in my mouth, swallow it, and throw it back up again. He played in the – he played in the – he didn't even play in the power five. And look what happened with Nick Saban and the – Alabama Crimson Tide roll into town. They made Dez look like dust. What better of a game for him to get a start coming off a bye? You get to go to the New Orleans Saints. You get a week and a half, two weeks to prepare for the biggest rival, and you could set the tone and give a spark to the team and to the fan base to where they're behind you. And when the season's over, all the blanks in the board is going to be like, bye, 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 because he's going to be back on the street, boy. Of everyone that you could take <laughs> last shot. Yo, hey. <laughs> the <universe> on the line. <laughs> we might get I want Desmond Ritter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, Obviously, I think that the move was necessary uh, considering everything that we do know. Um, Mariota, like I said, I don't even think Mariota has been statistically, if you look at his stats, he hasn't been actually god-awful. But what he has been is inconsistent. um, And in the big moments, he seems to not make the plays. So you're five and eight for a reason. Bill, exactly. Bill Parcells uh, said it best. You are what your record says you are. And this is a team that's three games below 500. And in reality, we also were ambitious to begin with because we were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And honestly, we're not, we're not too late for that. We can still finish with a top eight pick in this draft. We're not going to have a top three, four, five. I think Russ and the Tins and, uh, a couple of other teams that are kind of really Rams. in, you know, in play for that. Right. But in reality, you know, we can still be a pretty bad team. Let's see what we have. If the guy doesn't win any games, good. We know he's not the future at the position. And we can make the necessary moves we need this offseason in order to figure out who that is going to be. Now, look, I'm happy this move happened. And while we were still competing for the division closely, right? Keep Marcus in. Don't don't change it. It doesn't look good, but it's working. And let me tell you what happened when, when 
when the AJ Terrell, so AJ Terrell looked like he picked off a ball, got overturned. It wasn't a pick. And I'm like, shit. So they punt it. And I'm, and I, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm on the visitor side, right? And I've started, and I've made Steelers friends. Let me tell you, Steelers fans, absolutely amazing. Let me tell you, the, the, the franchises that are good and ha- they are some of the best fans. If your team is consistently good, because you, they will talk trash all game, but it's never fight talking trash. Unlike those terrible Chicago Bears fans, that's why I had that guy removed. Absolutely got him out of there. But we're talk, we're, we're like I'm quiet, and the people in my section know what I do. I talk shit the whole game, and they're like, "Hey, you quiet today? Well, we're losing. We're not making plays. I can't say I can't say first down if we don't get no first downs." Right. But uh, anyways. I go, okay, y'all, here's what's going to happen. Marcus Mariota is going to Marcus Mariota. Three and out. He's going to give us some hope, and he's going to throw a pick. First play, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Marcus Mariota stared the receiver down. It just looked like, you know how when you out somewhere and you see, and you see, like, a girl who you maybe got an eye for, maybe that you used to mess with, and she with somebody else, you ain't totally over it, and you just like give her that look, and you want her to like, you want to make sure she see you staring at her. Right. That's what Marcus Mariota did to that receiver on that pick. And Mika Fitzpatrick was the guy that she actually wants. <laughs> he said, Mike. <laughs> who was he throwing to? Was it Drake, at least? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I think it was Drake, but I mean, pick. And then everybody in the section is like, you called it. You called it. I don't even. And then Falcons, I don't even know why you put that in the atmosphere. I watched the games, man. I didn't put that shit in the atmosphere. Marcus did. Yeah, he threw that bullshit. And, I, and, and after the game, we're leaving out. I say, man, being a Falcons fan is like taking Viagra and not having sex. Like our team is bad, and we've been in every single game except for the Bengals game. We've had a chance to win every single game this year. And when people go like, "I don't understand why Falcons fans be thinking they're gonna win," I go, "Bro, do you watch the game? <laughs> almost every you. loss, almost every loss, we've been driving with the ball in our hand to score, to win or tie. And we turn the ball over, or uh, you know." Uh, they get a first down or something to run out the clock. Sorry, every time my thigh gets rubbed, I get a little excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all in all, it's the right move. Uh, I'm glad that Arthur Smith's finally coming to his senses. I thought that after, really after the Commanders game, he would have made that move. Some people thought that he should have made it uh, before the Bears game because we were coming off the Thursday night game and Marcus Mariota, you know, he threw that pass on his back. That was a pick. That would have been a pick six at least. Um, Good thing he was down, right? But uh, a lot of people thought that we should have did it then because it was kind of a mini buy and, you know, it wasn't over yet. We were still in it. And for all intents and purposes, they actually kind of still are in it. They absolutely – no, they can go no worse than three and one to have a chance. And what's on their side is that Tampa has to play the Bengals and somebody else. Who they got San Fran this week, and they're they're almost yeah. they're they're uh, four point underdogs to. So for all intended purposes, they're catching them at the right time. Baker sucks. No, Baker blows. No, Baker's a hand job. Six or something, though. That'd be really helpful for me. Yeah, no, Baker's a hand job. Huh? I said, I said it'd be really nice if he could have just throw could throw us like a pick six, though. You, as, as your friend, I, I just recommend on Thursday just bet the under. Yeah. I mean, the under is going to consistently hit. On Thursday, I got right in the 
Titans game. Oh, stupid. That was so stupid. Dude just pushed the punter for no reason. That was stupid. They're not calling it, but that, that they should call that because that was stupid. Yeah, please. Please. Yeah, give them 15. Yeah. That was dumb. Maybe they'll score. I'm curious so, um, how that's not a foul. How's that not a foul? Yeah, bro, that, that I mean he pushed him. If they're the kick is released and I mean, and as long as it's above the legs, like I, I don't know. I just think it should be a penalty because it was stupid. Hmm. And I mean, we're watching this Raiders. Rams game and Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback for the uh, not starting. He came off the bench for the Rams, kind of like J- J- Lou Will, you know, off the bench, baby. Uh, they knew that he was gonna uh, be the guy, though. Can I? Can I officially call Baker Mayfield a bust? Yes, he's on his third team in two years, and he will and, be and, on his fourth in three. And, and he's not and like honestly, Russell Westbrook, a guy that like you know is already an MVP, and he's like late in his career or something. Like if Matt Ryan wanted, we couldn't be mad, be like, yeah, he's on his third team in three years, like because his career is over. This guy's like twenty, not even twenty five. All right, he is. He's like 26, 20, maybe twenty six, maybe twenty. Think about Baker, right? Baker would be okay if he got if he got drafted. Where he was supposed to get drafted. Third, fourth round. Yep. I remember that draft, Bucky Brooks was like, he has a third or fourth round grade. I mean, am I, I'm mocking him in the first round because of what I'm hearing. But when I watch his film, I look at I look at his size, I look at all I look at the intangibles. He's a third or fourth round prospect. Maybe late Not, second. Well, right. Basically nothing to see here. But that begs a bigger conversation, the overdrafting of quarterbacks, because the league has become so quarterback dependent. Quarterbacks are getting overdrafted. And and don't get me wrong. They just fucked up the whole quarterback position in Baker's draft because picks one, two, the quarterbacks one, two, and three are essentially out the league now. Um, Baker, Darnold, and uh, Josh Rosen. And I know Darnold is starting this week. They're out the league. Yeah. Well, no, one, two, and four. Sorry, one, two, and four, because three, Josh Allen, and then five, uh, Lamar Jackson. One has the MVP, and one's in the MVP conversation and in the conversation for best quarterback in the league. Uh, But I think, you know how I talked at the beginning of the year of the return of the run? Mm -hmm. And there's been a correction back to, hey, you can win games if you run the football. If you run, if you have good balance, you don't have to throw the ball 80 times to win in this league. You can run the ball because you have these light pockets. I'm hoping there's a correction, and maybe this draft was the correction. I don't know because we didn't have great quarterback prospects. This this upcoming draft, I don't think we have a great quarterback prospect. We stopped overdrafting these guys. Hey, if he's a second-round guy, if I can't get him in the second round or – move up into in the back of the first like they did for Lamar in, in Baltimore, I'm not taking him. And Jalen Hurst is kind of a prime example of that, right? Because I think he was invited to the draft that year. Um, obviously, we knew how good he was at Bama, but then he had those Heisman-like numbers. He was second in the Heisman race that year to Joe Burrow. And, you know – Everybody kind of looked at it as, you know, he seems like he might be kind of a project, but we can see the potential because he's the type of quarterback that's needed in this league anyways, and he's strong. Like, you know, the question is, you know, I hate to pull the whole black card on the arm, but basically the arm. You know, how good is the arm? And – um, but he's a guy that got drafted appropriately, a second-round pick. Could easily potentially right. be your but but we also don't know. But he's worth taking a flyer on this high. 
because of the potential that we do see. Exactly. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find this shit. January, this is January 19th. Working on a piece on Jalen Hurts to counter the narrative that Philly can't win with him. I've seen steady progression over the last few years. Over the last few years. Plus, he'll be in the system second year, and Philly has three first-rounders. What are some things about Jalen that makes him so special and should increase people's optimism about him? Who he is as a person. Got that from quarterback coach. It really pissed me off when I got it. And I've talked about it on here before. Mm-hmm. Like, he is as a person, dog. That's really all you're going to give me right now? <laughs> but when you hear what comes out about him and you see it, and you see that, oh, yeah, he's progressed each year. He's gotten better at something every single year. You go, damn, bro, that was the right answer. Because who he is as a person, he cares about what he puts on the field. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. Hey, he throws one of the best deep balls in the NFL. And you can see the leadership, obviously. Like, you you can see it. I mean, Jason Kelsey, uh, Pro Bowl, uh, excuse me, Hall of Fame center, uh, voice of that team, one of the lead dogs of that Super Bowl team, gave him the team. He said, this is your team. He didn't have to get that team to him. No, he didn't. But he's he obviously liked what he saw and said, you know what? Nah. This guy's a captain. Young boys made of the right stuff. So I, I, I love what I'm seeing with, with, with him, but it goes back to 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 Baker and and not maturing. Right? Oftentimes we, we, we all grow up, but it doesn't mean that we mature. Because I'm older than I was yesterday, but that doesn't mean I'm more mature. And you and I, we sit around, we have a bunch of off-mic conversations. And y'all, believe it or not, when we're off the mic, sports is hardly our conversation. We talk about life. Yeah. (laughs) And we actually get vulnerable and talk about, like, shit that's important to us and shit that bothers us. And... We talk about it and how we were and working through those things. And I think that's it speaks to like a level of maturity, right? Like, hey, I can be vulnerable with my guy friends. Guess what? When I was 20 years old, you're not getting that out of me. I got to talk to you about things that emotionally bother me. (laughs) Well, Baker hasn't gotten to that point to where he can be a, a, a J, a a Jalen, uh, damn. Jalen, what's his last name? I just lost it. Jalen Hurts, right. Where Jalen Hurts, because of who he is, what makes him great. Well, who Baker is made him a bust. He spoke on people's money. He he always had that F you mentality. And if you always worried about everybody else and saying F them, well, you're really saying F yourself because you're not working on you. You can't focus on you if you always focus on what everybody else got going on. Yep. Like when, when people say there is no competition, yeah, my, my competition is me. Don't get me wrong. I make sure that I'm holding myself to the right standard based on what's going on outside. But I remember one time I, I, I failed a quiz. I told my mom, I'm like, well, the highest grade in the class was like a 62. She's like, well, you made a 49. So... I don't care about the, the rest of the grades. I care about your grades. Right. I ain't raising them kids. I expect you to do this. And if you ain't doing this, you need to figure out how to do it. And again, not being externally focused, being internally focused. And I just think Baker's too externally focused on trying to prove everybody wrong when he should just try to prove himself right. Yeah. And, you know, you could even look at it to a degree, too. I get why he wanted out of Carolina, why he asked for his release. Uh, I think he was probably really expecting the 49ers to pick him up. But obviously, there was going to be a market for him just because somebody's going to kick the tires. But he had to know, too, that in this type of situation, this is it's all or nothing now, baby, because this opportunity was the opportunity you would have gotten this offseason where – 
you would have definitely been a backup. We know you would have been a backup, but this is a unique opportunity because they have such bad quarterbacking. He's auditioning for a backup role right now. He's putting himself on the spot this season, even though we already saw this season. Now, granted, dumpster fire, somewhat of an organization. Oh, they could. Yeah, I was about to say, I knew they were going to probably. It wasn't catchable. It wasn't catchable. Who knows? Well, he bumped him so early. We don't even know if he could have got. I don't think he would have got there, but. You got to call it, but it, it wasn't catchable. Right. Oh man, he. he I, I don't like that call. I'm not getting my over. <laughs> that's that's what I do now. Kirk Herb Street. Kirk Herb Street's not made for fucking Thursdays. I'll tell you that much. All right, so we got the Baker. While we're on quarterbacks, James Garoppolo got hurt again. Mm-hmm. Liz Frank injury. Uh, no surgery necessary, so he could re- return in seven or eight weeks. Um, I doubt that it happens. Should James Garoppolo retire from football? No. Too much money to be made. A team like the Falcons, if they miss out on uh, obviously drafting one of the top guys that they really like and then can't get you know, a Lamar or whatever, he fits the needs of – and especially he brings to the table, well, look at my record when I am healthy. And I played two full seasons, essentially. You can look at my two – my two full seasons of health, I went to the Super Bowl in one and I went to the NFC Championship in the other. I won football games. You know know who Jimmy Garoppolo is? Some football games. You know who Jimmy Garoppolo is? Who? He's the friend who is really cool, really fun, until he gets too drunk. But you know he's going to get too drunk. Mm-hmm. That's James Garoppolo. Because those nights that he doesn't get too drunk, oh, man, best nights ever. All right. But when he does get too drunk... We've got potential. We're going places. And now he's calling the women bitches to their faces. Or he's throwing up all over the place. Yeah, not making it to the bathroom and being very discreet about it. Right. That's James Garoppolo. You know, I talked up Barstool. Hey, Barstool, man. Hey. Throw us a little cheddar. I want to quit my day job. <laughs> could, could we have a game here? No. Well, they call holding. That is a hold, too. It's an obvious hold of that. He didn't even have to fucking do it. You think Sean McVay's out after this year once they start the rebuild? Oh, my goodness. Yes, bro. He already knows he's got the fat check to sit behind the desk. And this Rams team is done. Kaputs. And if he leaves, you want bro, he knows that Matt Stafford's arm is cooked too. Bro, he's out of there. He's like, he he's getting tired of having home games where they're road games. Well, he I mean, that's been that's been his whole time there at SoFi outside of like opening opening day. Like his his like his best bet was that COVID year where they didn't have fans in there. Yes. You think this Lamar injury matters? In terms of for his contract? Yeah. No, I just think they have such a big body of work at this point to evaluate whether or not they think he's worth what he wants. And if they don't think that he's worth what he wants, I can tell you now. Wow, the Rams are so stupid. Um, I can tell you that they get, they call it personal foul, so now they're out of field goal range. Idiots, the undisciplined football, but um, he has such a big body of work to where you can 
evaluate whether or not you think that he's worth it. And then more so, not because of what he's done too, but what do you think he's going to do? And more importantly, are you going to be able to support a team that you can win with behind him? And if you can't, how can you cash in aside from giving him the uh, franchise tag? What type of conversation do you think you're going to be able to get from someone? I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if they franchise franchise tag him, he's gone. Yeah, for sure. He's gone. Like, I I think it's such a slap in the face uh, to franchise tag your quarterback. Like, yeah, no, nah, he's, he's he's out of there. Uh, but I think that I mean he look at like Dak reset the market. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson has been more productive than Dak. One more games. Uh, won an MVP. Mm-hmm. Lamar deserves to reset the market. And and if he doesn't get to reset the market, he gets close to Deshaun Watson. He gets more than Kyler and and Russ. Like I understand. Mm -hmm. No, actually, I don't understand. I don't understand why we accept in the NFL that we don't have fully guaranteed contracts. I understand why they don't do it. No, I understand why they don't do it. And if I'm an owner... I don't want to do it either because if you suck in your in your two or five, I can cut your ass and, and, and keep it pushing. I think it's great for sports, but I don't know why the NFL players union accepted that. Like, are you serious? You know, like the NFL, not even the NFL. These pro sports leagues don't work without the best bodies participating. Mm-hmm. Collectively bargain for for. Fully guaranteed contracts. Collectively yep. bargain for lifetime health care. Roger Goodell has lifetime health care paid for by the NFL and lifetime use of the NFL's private jet for the rest of his life. Why does he get to walk away with better insurance than the guys who are breaking their bodies for the league? And this guy's making 40 bill a year and people are getting pissed off when Jerry's saying, hey, why are we paying this clown so much fucking money? Yeah, no right. shit. What, what did he do to deserve this again? Bob, he didn't really. Make said, don't mind. He's just managing it, I guess. He's not fucking up, but he's also not. We're, we're growing the league, not him. Yeah. He's just, he's just going to these meetings and saying that he's doing this stuff. But I made the phone call to set up the meeting. I introduced him. To the execs at Fox. Come on, man. I'm Bob Kraft, don't fuck with me. <laughs> I wish I could have heard him say that. I have to imagine the egos that these guys have. Like, cause they're kind of they're like quiet egos in reality, like just in terms of everybody knows they're extremely wealthy, so nobody around them really checks them regardless. But the fact that then when they're around each other, they can kind of check each other. Yeah. They're like, well, look, motherfucker, I made a bill too. What's your point? I own one of the most valuable, one of Jerry's kids, I own the most valuable franchise. But like, and and and, and you got all these Super Bowls in the last fucking couple fucking years, but we, I'm still counting more bread than you. They're like, he's like, so don't try and tell me anything. Here's what Jerry say, look, look, look here, Bob. I'm not paying for handies down in Florida. I got the baddest bitches in Texas in my in my ranch. What are you talking right. about, man? Right. They li- they live with me. I don't have to go nowhere. They 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 stay with me. And then yeah, I, I know them to- I bring them I know there ain't no <laughs> I know there ain't no foxes in Foxborough, but we got plenty of dimes down in Dallas. Come on, man. <laughs> Bro, imagine a night out with Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft. I don't know. The closest person that we can ask about that would probably be Meek Mill, right? Because he's hung out with Bob and uh, Ruben. So he's hung out with the guys, you know, the billionaire. I got a friend friend from Morehouse who I've actually interviewed on the pod before. 
he was at one of the uh, Steelers party, or not Steelers, the Patriots Super Bowl parties. Really? Uh, when they won the when they won the Super Bowl in Atlanta, he was at that he was at that that party after the game where the team went. Yeah, and he was at the bar with Bob Kraft at the same time, and Bob Kraft like got him a drink. Really? Yes. It's a unique experience, that's for sure. Huh? So that's a unique experience, that's for sure. Yeah, like I don't know how I would like react. Like I'm not gonna be fanboying over Bob Kraft. I'm like Bob Kraft, fucking Bob, right? It's fucking Bob. I mean, do you acknowledge him or do you be like Mr. Kraft? Congratulations on yet another Super Bowl. Random nigga, how you doing? Right, (laughs) Meek Mill, me too. I invited him. (laughs) All right. He's right over Let there. <laughs> you don't he's like actually, rap. He's actually going to get one of these too. Yeah, you know he's going to wear it on his next Champions hard. album cover. Well, right, and he and he fought hard for it. Like, have yeah, you I heard his it. music? <laughs> have you been? Have you been to Philadelphia where he where he's from? Did you see his braids back in the day? That's the struggle. Yeah, I know, Mr. Kraft. He got this out the mud. Yeah, Mr. Kraft, can I? I just want my tequila, and and, and I want to go now. Right. Get him a shot. Be gone, nigga. <laughs> like, wanna be? Be gone, <laughs> bro. Space Jam, one of the most quotable kids movies ever. Bro, I tell this story all the time. Yes, but yes, there's so many quotes in there. But I tell it all the time that when I saw Charles Barkley outside of Phillips Arena on right before the Watch the Throne concert, it Watch the Throne kicked off in Atlanta, the first tour, the first uh, tour day. I see Charles Barkley walking with two white women in his arm. Now, Charles is what? Chuck's probably 57, 58 now, maybe 56. So we're talking 10 years ago. Ah, no, he might be a little older than that now I think about it. But nonetheless, you see Shaq. I mean, not Shaq. You see Charles walking with 59. these two 59. And I'm sitting up. You know, I'm pre-gaming at my brother's house not too far from where I am now. And we walked up there. And I kind of got ahead of everybody or whatever. We were all walking, but I just see Charles Barkley. And the first thing – now, I'm now mind you, I'm doing Bacardi 151. Flaming hot Dr. Peppers. That's what we were drinking before we went to this concert. And I see this motherfucker. I see this motherfucker, Charles Barkley. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, you're Charles Barkley. (laughs) And I got to say it just like the fucking movie. So I knew that he knew exactly what the reference was. It wasn't me just saying, you're Charles Barkley. No, motherfucker. I'm playing out the scene right now. (laughs) You got to get back in acting. Right. And he just stared at me like I was just an idiot, which I guess I probably him. I probably looked like a, just a drunk ass fucking college kid idiot. But great moment though, great moment. It set the tone for the night for the best concert I've ever been to. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just, West. I mean, it's just so many quotables from that movie because you got it's a real fine school, real fine school, uh, right. It is in the rule book. <laughs> Give me my pals back. <laughs> there will be no more basketball. <laughs> what else? Gosh, of course. I mean, well, I know we like canceled our shit from the X Files or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> something like that can travel. Yeah, he said he's like something. He's like uh, he's like bacteria like that can travel. Fast as it was some shit. Yeah. Come on, Space Jam this weekend. Great movie. Great movie. Um, Space Jam 2 really sucked. It did. It and we knew it wasn't we knew it wasn't gonna live up to the hype. It wasn't because LeBron was in it. It's just that's one of those movies you probably don't make twice or try to redo. 
Space Jam was well written and it felt very real. Bugs Bunny's not relevant anymore. Bugs Bunny that was getting, Bugs Bunny was getting an hour on on Cartoon Network on every night and on Saturday it's not five six hours of Looney Tunes man like right my my was watching Boomerang you'd have to watch Boomerang to catch Bugs you know like maybe it should have been like Rick and Morty or something or like Peter Griffin or The Simpsons or something you know what I mean like yeah I, I don't know what cartoons the kids watch these days but we're way off I mean, topic. It wouldn't have worked now because I don't think I don't know if he's as popular, but SpongeBob, even you know. But we can't even imagine SpongeBob hooping. No, you couldn't. It'd be too stupid. Like, like imagine Patrick crossing somebody up, but Mr. Krabs, Mr. Krabs could have been Danny DeVito. Who's Sandy? Because that's who. You, that's low. You're basically you're Lola, right? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be Sandy. Who's Sandy Cheeks? Bro, that's some perv shit. Sandy what? Cheeks. Oh, yeah. Bikini Bottom Sandy Cheeks. Because Bikini Bottoms have Sandy Cheeks when they leave the beach. Bar. Ayo, in the words of Boink. Shout Shout out to Boyd. Where do you want to go from here, man? I mean, we got a few more things on here. You want to talk about the last quarter of the NFL season? Let's go. Oh yeah. Hey, the Chiefs got beat by by the Bengals again. Uh, Joe Big Balls Burrow again just said, "Hey, Patrick Mahomes, I know you're the best quarterback in the league, but I whoop your ass every time, so I don't know how good you really is." Uh, and it really just, I mean, you think about the hype machine around certain teams, right? Because it's hard to say anything bad about Patrick Mahomes in the media ever. Because you're just going to be, you're going to be wrong. But if you look at the infrastructure, you look at the coaching, the Chiefs are running a better system. They have better coaching than the Bengals. But the Bengals, their GM, he got that O-line right. He drafted some dogs, and then he drafted dog of the dogs and Joe Burrow, because Joe Burrow, he, that motherfucker bone crushed in the music video. You mean Joe Shiesty? What that? No, you know, Joe Shiesty, he got locked up. Joe, Joe Shiesty, uh, he don't know how to act, but, I mean, you know what it might be, because Joe don't know how to act either, but it's, it's crazy that... Joe Burrow just, okay, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, all right, dog. I'm about to beat you. And it goes back to what I said a couple weeks ago. It goes back to what I said a couple weeks ago in here, man. Uh, That Chiefs offense don't look the same. I don't care if they score the same amount of points. I don't care if Patrick Mahomes was more efficient. If you can't watch Miami and see what, what uh cheetah adds to a team then you can and then watch the chiefs and see what they've lost i don't think you know how to watch football well, or you're nick right you're a, delusional well and then another part of it is too let's look at it this way the chiefs have lost three games this year right yeah one to matt ryan the colts kind of being the exception but it was a must-win game for the colts early in the season and like which is why if anyone remembers we picked them. It wasn't because of Matt Ryan. It just, just felt like they needed to win that game. But if you look at the other two games, they lost to teams that can match them offensively. And that's who they lost to. They lost to the Bills and they lost to the Bengals, two teams that, of course, they will be facing one of them come playoff time, if not both, depending on if they can get past the first one. They 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 seem to have problems with teams that can match them. Even in that Super Bowl that they did lose, the Bucks that year could match them. The Bucks could score points too, you know. And I'll be it. I'll say this: Chris Jones has been having a monster year for the Chiefs. I mean, he's looked he's all pro at defensive tackle. I mean, he's looked fucking great. 
And the defense seems slightly improved. Like, it seems definitely better than that defense they had last year. Yeah. Um, they, when it comes to the teams that can match them, that's where they're going to have troubles, especially come playoff time. Because they can't depend on just scoring 27. They've got to score 40. You know what I mean? 38. Like, they've got to get into that range. That's why they beat the Bills last year, because – they and can dog, score 45. I, I don't even think it's the number that they score. I don't I think it's they cannot rely on hey, we sit in cheetah deep, patty, fling it. Period. You know what I mean? Like you you, you yeah. just you can't rely on that play because Nico Hartman, as fast as he is, he ain't that Juju Smith Schuster, he's underneath. Mark Marquez Valdez Scantling, there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers didn't want him there no more. You know what I mean? Like it's right. The offense isn't the same, and they have to take the cheese. And I'm not gonna say that they can't take the cheese and they won't take the cheese. Sometimes, dog, cheese ain't enough. Sometimes you need a cracker and as a little and a little bit of salami on that with a little side of wine on it. You know what I mean? Have a whole charcuterie going, like cheese. Right. I ain't no rat. I ain't gonna get full off no cheese. Big fella gotta eat some. Right. Yay, yay. So at this point in the season, who do you think are the legitimate Super Bowl contenders? So I think last week or two weeks ago, at least, I had put together a group of five. It was five that I had named, and those five were the Cowboys, 49ers, Dolphins. Uh, Chiefs, and I think I actually said the Ravens over the Bills. So, I think in reality, we're going to take the Ravens out of it. We'll throw the Bills back in. So, I'll start there. I think the Bills, as they had that rough patch over that four-week span where they went two and two, and they didn't look a certain way. They're now, with the Dolphins losing that game, they're back on top. I think the Dolphins are still a contender, too. I, I know that they lost a Tough game, especially considering Brock Purdy came in. It was, and then they started the game. They they spotted them seven to start the game. So that would mean that they got outscored 33 to 10 the rest of the way. I think West Coast game, it was going to be tough. I don't know what quarter Jimmy G got hurt in, but I mean, it's got Baker. Um, But give me Bills, Dolphins. The Chiefs are still contenders, too. I won't rule them out. I mean, obviously, you have to throw the Bengals in there. And then we'll say Dallas and Philly. Because I I knocked the 49ers out because, I tell you what, unless Brock Purdy is about to be the second coming of Tom Brady, which he looked pretty good against a good Dolphins defense, I can't put stock into Mr. Irrelevant. Question though, do you think Tampa Bay can get hot and make a run? No. Do you think the Vikings came back against a bad team on Monday? Do you think the Vikings can keep winning games? Yes, but when it comes postseason, are they going to continue to win those games? And I don't think so. Yeah, I, I was trying to, like, argue with what you put out there. And the only reason why I would go with maybe the Bucks can get hot is because I'm afraid to bet against Tom Brady. But nothing that I've watched says that they're a good football team. Because they're not. They're not a good football team. And they're – they're they're actually hard to watch. It's it's kind of crazy how them and the Rams went from the class of the NFC last season to eyesores. Yeah, man. Like this game, you know, just peeking back over. Look, the Raiders are talented, certainly on offense, and they've got two really good pass rushers. But yeah, this is so tough to watch for for McVay to be as good of an offensive mind as he's advertised as. I mean, I don't see any creativity even in the fucking play call, like more than anything. Hey, let's let's be honest about Sean McVay. Sean McVay 
has always had an above average personnel as a head coach. He's always had above average personnel and he's done well and he's gotten the most out of that above average personnel. And now that he's not going to have above average personnel moving forward, he's going to go talk about football because God forbid you got to struggle, you fucking Gen Z ass coach. Yeah, I know you're actually a millennial, but no, nah, you're Gen Z. Because, I mean, you beat, you beat out Calvin Johnson for Georgia High School Player of the Year, or travesty. Um, and, and now the second your roster is not good and it's like, hey, McVeigh, we need you to coach bad players and make them good players. Oh, man. <laughs> about that time. He's resigning so fucking fast, bro. Like, you know, Black Monday. They're going to ask him after the final game on Sunday. That Sunday, they're going to be like, Coach McVay, what does the future hold for you? He's like, well, I'm the coach of the Los Angeles Rams today, and that's exactly how I foresee it being in the future. And then the very next day, USC to Sam Cronky are going to come out, and a statement's going to be made. I'm saying that Sean has decided to resign because he's burnt out and he wants to reevaluate his life and spend more time with his family. <laughs> hey, bro, he ain't got no kids yet. He just got married over the summer. You know what I mean? Like, that's the crazy part. Family, not his kids, his family. <laughs> Motherfucker wants to spend more time with his wife because he, because, because he, nobody he, ever. He can't. He can't stand getting prepared for shit like this. Look here. I I know. I know. Most men love their wives. Love them. Love them to death. I don't know many who say, "You know what? I'm gonna stop having a day job that takes me away from the house and just be around you all day every day." Right. Nobody who wants to stay married says that. And that's not even a knock on her. That that that's you. I'm wait. It's like I'm waiting on Baker to throw this pick. But go ahead. <laughs> Baker is so bad at football. <laughs> no, he's horrible. Um, I tell you what, it's so crazy how a guy can fall somewhat from grace. I mean, you know, progressive made him. You know, outside of flow, he was damn near the second spokesperson. Yeah, that played. I'm sure that that paid him very well. And I don't know if Progressive is based in Ohio or Cleveland, but you know the Cleveland yeah. Guardians Progressive Field, so it's like interesting that it's like how did he land that? I'm not hooked up to the Bluetooth because I was about to play Denny Green. <laughs> The way that motherfucker stuttered. Well, 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 he's like, well, 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 we just, we just, he's like, the Bears are who we thought they were. They're who we thought they were. Baker's who we thought he was. Yeah. Average. Maybe below. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, if that, Baker is a fine example of white guys who can dance shouldn't be your quarterbacks. Well, just more so one-hit wonder. Um, he got hot kind of that rookie year. I mean, nobody seen him play. I remember I was at the, the Falcons play when I went to that game, and he had a day against us, and we really needed to win that game to stay, like, in the wild card hunt. We were, I think we were, like, four and five or something. It was something. We started bad. We started, like, one and four, but then we got to four and four. It was something. And we really needed I, to win that I remember game. that game. Yeah, Bro. we really need to win the game. Chubb had a good game too, but he threw on. I mean, he threw on us, and so you know he had that hot year. Then next year they do make the playoffs and they win the playoff game, but he wasn't but, as good. He was, but dog, he was okay. terrible. Think but like, about he that. Think about that playoff game. First three possessions, the Steelers turned the ball over. Products of Big Ben. Well, one was a bad snap. Over his head. Yeah. yeah, but Ben's Ben's the leader, so we blame him. I mean, yeah, Big Ben wasn't great that day. Uh, but you, you're just like, yeah, Baker got this playoff win for Cleveland, but it's not because of Baker. 
And did what are they? Did they spot them 28? 28, 21. And then I, I still think it was like a pretty close ish game when it was all said and done. Like you could look back at that score and go, Oh, if the center didn't snap it over Ben's head. Cause I think the Steelers had like five turnovers. Yeah. Coach T said, uh, he's fucking working. It was hard rooting against Mike Tomlin in person. I'm not going to lie to you. There was a lot of sentimental in that game, too. I know that Hayward's son caught the touchdown. Obviously, Ironhead Hayward played for the Falcons. And then his brother Cam, obviously, you know, been a leader on that Steelers team for some years now. But it was interesting. It's the type of game that you kind of just knew we were going to lose. But you had optimism because you're like, man – this is like the weakest version of the Steelers that's probably been in the dome ever. You know, we only played them twice in the last 16 years here, but this is like the weakest version of the Steelers we could possibly get. But, mm-hmm. and you would say, what was the crowd like? Would you give me a percentage of Steelers? Was it 65, 35? 65 at the lowest. Wow. So you think it might have been a little bit higher? It was a Steelers home game. Easy. Okay. So about as bad as this. This is rare. Yeah. I mean, there may have been. A, I mean, the Cowboys may have had as many fans as we had there. That's a joke. But but dog, you know, there's always those random Cowboys fans in all their Cowboys shit. The, like, bro, what are you doing here in Cowboys? Take that shit off. Yeah. Now. She's like, motherfucker. You realize Dallas is like eight hundred and like fifty miles that way, right? Yeah, bro. It's ten hour drive from here. Leaf, or don't worry. All you about gotta it. do is twenty west. You don't even have to get off. He'll lead you straight there. I've I've made that trip before. Yeah, same. Scrape. I haven't driven it at all, but but I've I've made the trip. Oh, I drove it. Stop the New Orleans though. Huh? Kind of cuts it in half a little. Stopping in New Orleans. So why didn't even stop in New Orleans? Because you got to go south to hit New Orleans. You can avoid New Orleans. You go straight to Silk, and like the parts of Louisiana that that uh people don't talk about. I guess like where University uh where Louisiana Lafayette's at, like them them them, them areas. Yeah, southeastern Louisiana. Yeah, look. So we're at two hours. Let's. Let me talk. Let's talk a little U.S. soccer. We got to go to U.S. soccer. We got to talk some Hershey. We got to talk some basketball, too. Where do you want to go next? We can hit the soccer. Because that should be, it shouldn't take very long, huh? It's not much to talk no, about except no. for our country falling again, which we kind of knew was going to happen. We knew that was going to happen. Hey, U.S. soccer fans, I'm going to start this off with something very nice. Fuck you. All right, United States have said fuck soccer forever. And then all of a sudden the World Cup happens and I'm supposed to care about the World Cup and I'm supposed to care about us winning. Oh no, I can't even we, we can't even unite as Americans over the World Cup team because people are like you don't need to like soccer. You don't know about soccer. Bro, I'm not rooting for soccer. I'm rooting for America. And then you got there was an article in the Atlantic apparently that said I think rooting for countries is like overrated and like that's like no longer a thing hey dude take your article and and, and shove it okay period well back to the united states huh i said it's like how is that not a thing i mean literally everything unites around it You, you go to your bank they're selling fucking debit cards they're like you can get a usa debit card with a fucking soccer ball on it. <laughs> like what I look like waking up to to root for Senegal. I ain't seen none of them gals there. But but no, like so I'm not going to care about USA soccer until USA cares about USA soccer. Mm-hmm. Because I look at soccer in the same vein that I look at golf, that I look at tennis, that I look at now American baseball. America has picks and chooses 
the sports that they want certain people, certain athletes to participate in. And if you didn't think I was going to make it racy, I'm going to. Because I promise you, there is a Division I point guard who could be an international soccer star. But nobody put a ball at his foot. And it seems like, it feels like we want to preserve certain sports, right? Because back when black people lived in the country, we played football, we played baseball, we played basketball, right? Because we had space. And we didn't really play soccer because it wasn't an American sport like that. I even fucking ran track. Exactly, it, it, right. You know? But then once we once we gentrified the country and moved niggas to the city, well, ain't no space to play baseball in the city. Hardly any space to play football, but I mean people want to play football, so they find a way and they make a way. Shout out to Clark Atlanta University. Uh and then basketball, oh that's easy. But if you want to make the soccer program, the soccer American soccer what everything else in America is top tier, you'll bring it to the hood. You'll bring it to your best athletes. You will make soccer marketable. It's almost like what the WNBA needs to do, put more money into it to actually make it better. You know, if you get a hoopty, that hoopty can't turn into like a pimp my ride car if you don't put money into it. Same thing with American soccer, bro. You got to put money into it. You got to sell it in a way that guys will want to leave their, their poverty. It's dudes who will rather start for three years varsity, go play D3, and then be a pickup legend in their hometown and then instead of going and playing soccer. And I played varsity soccer for three years in high school. And, I mean, I played played in playoff soccer games, so we we weren't just hot trash. And when I tell you I was the best athlete on the pitch way too many times than I should have been, Whereas I never felt like on a basketball court or the football field, I was the best athlete on out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, shit, because I, I never felt like I was the best athlete on my team. And I'm, if you know me, I'm pretty athletic. I, I, I'm bouncy. I'm springy. But in soccer, mm-hmm. I'd be like, bro, like in soccer, I'm like, oh, I can push y'all around, outrun y'all, and outjump y'all. I could never on the football field. I might out jump people, but I'm not out running everybody, and I'm definitely not out physical. Basketball court, I can jump with the other five eleveners, the six and oneers. I can't jump with the six fivers. Right. I can't bang with the, with with the with the offensive lineman who, who who playing post. I can't I can't out physical him, and I can't outrun them little skinny ass point guards who can't even dribble. They're just so fast that you can't rip them. Can can you out flop the guys in soccer though? I wasn't a flopper when I played soccer, man. I was I was bringing well, a pain. Think about, think about physically when you're you know you're fighting over the ball and like your arms might get tangled. You know, I'm just saying. You know how guys in soccer are just dog. Yes, and it was it was super. It was frustrating, but also rewarding because when you find you a flopper. But you're also a coordinated athlete, so you can time your punishment with making a play on the ball and actually touching the ball. And he gets up, ref, what the fuck? Come on, you got, bro. I, I took the ball and I kicked it. Sorry, I gave you a little at the end. You know what I mean? It's a physical when you, sport, right? But when you look, but but like being out there, you go. It's a lot of niggas out here who ain't never lifted weights in their life. A lot of bird chests out here. And that's what and that's what America does for soccer. That's American soccer. I'm just gonna be honest with right. you. Like, so why should we just all of a sudden care about American soccer when the American soccer like pipeline does not care about making the best athletes available for soccer? Imagine Russell Westbrook being a striker for the US national team. We can't say or the money's not there because, huh? Or even a goalkeeper. Or imagine like a a, a AD. Nah, they're giving it to him. Yeah, imagine somebody like AD, somebody who's six ten, 
but hit the growth spurt at like 17, who who is a freak athlete in the in in, in the pipes. You know what I mean? I guess he got it. I'm sorry. I just I'm just I, I know, yeah, I don't think he got it either. But imagine AD being a goalie. Because the, the, the money, man, wow! Like the, the soccer max contract is there. Yeah, because it fits what, at least in MLS, what it pays. And of course, guys like Messi, you know, they don't really ever disclose exactly what their contracts are. Well, they don't really disclose all any of the contracts they say what the contract could be at its maximum and there's always little kickers and stuff in there that the public doesn't get like if you type in messy contract it doesn't really tell you I mean, it says that psg when they got them they can't even confirm it it just says it's a two-year deal with a third-year option but sportingnews.com gives it 41 million annually net salary. But anywhere else, ESPN doesn't have a nothing. And then we know about what their transfer fee is whenever somebody wants to take them away, which according to this, when I type that in, it's funny because that's a recent story that Messi, Messi's 30. Nah, he older than that, ain't he? Oh. He can't be coming to Atlanta that young. I mean, Atlanta, I mean, America. 45. All right. I don't know why it says 30. It says, see, and this is the other stuff. I, I just think, you know, like the underside, the, these little point guards, bro, go play soccer. You, Your five foot nine ass ain't going to the league. But you can go to the MLS. And when soccer starts actually trying to recruit those athletes, so what, here's what my high school soccer coach did, right? Right. He talked to football players who didn't want to run track. Because who actually wants to run track? Not me. It was kind of something that I was made to do just because of basketball, right? They no. kind of made you. If you weren't a baseball player or if you weren't doing a spring sport, you need to be running track. So same thing with if you didn't play football, they're like, well, you're running cross country. So, yeah, we were on the same shit. Like, hey, yo, if you ain't doing a spring sport uh, track. And he asked me, he was, because uh, one day I was just bitching about, bro, I ain't trying to run track. Because personally, I think track is the most niggerish sport ever. Hey, monkey run, monkey jump, monkey throw. It's, it just really gives me slave vibes. Is it is it because it's almost like a combine of a sport? Yeah, and there's there's like no there is technique to track, but it's not like nothing in track's really skilled. It's really like, hey, you physical specimens, go be physical specimens. Right. So I just didn't really want to run track and I played baseball forever, but our baseball team, man, they were doing stuff year round and my eighth grade year was like my worst worst year of baseball in my life. Like coach changed my swing. I wasn't making contact regularly. And I'm like, yo, I'm not playing up to my level, but I don't have time to practice enough to work through this. So, so yeah, guy coach Philly, shout out to Tyler Philly. Why don't you play soccer? I'm like, bro, I've never played soccer in my life. He goes, you're an athlete. You can kick a ball. You can run, jump, kick a ball. Like, I'll, I'll teach you what you need to know. And, like, honestly, my first year was if the ball comes to you, Kick, I play defense. Kick it as far as you can towards our goal or just kick it out of bounds. When I ask you to dribble, when I ask you to make passes, and then, like, as my skills, like, built up, okay, you can do more. You can do more. And as a defender, I did score a goal. Scored a varsity hey. goal. I played defense. And when they we had corner kicks, I came down for the corner kicks because, you know, I had about 35-inch vertical in high school. Last time I measured okay. it. So I, I could, you know, jump up there and I was getting some head. Getting, getting some head. I think you had a nice little tap. Yeah, nice little tap. 
But uh, until America actually takes a, a concerted effort to get the best athletes involved in soccer, we won't dominate soccer and this arrogance that we have in other sports. Yeah, we kick ass in basketball because um, we got the best niggas playing. That's right. why we. That's why we allowed the pros to start playing instead of just making an amateur thing. And then when Larry Brown was out there losing, and y'all had all these, these 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 pieces that didn't fit who just showed up to training camp and said, "Hey, we're gonna go beat all these other national teams." Hey, nah, we gotta build a national team actually who plays together and they work out together and we do stuff each summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing with soccer, dog. You should have Russell Westbrook, like a 2-2 Atwell. He's a trash-ass receiver for the Rams right now, but he's fast as fuck, man. Put a soccer ball at his feet. So, so we I, bet Christian, his I bet Christian Pulisic don't run 4-2. I bet he don't run 4-3. No. No, no. He, he probably doesn't. Um, but Bro, ima- no, Just think about this. Imagine Messi – Thinking he gonna like get crazy, he got like a Jalen Ramsey checking him. Somebody who ain't as quick as him, but is just as fast as he is. But is but even then, if you grow up and you're trained on it, like that footwork could come too. I mean, it'll come like the quickness of like the footwork will come to where you can be faking motherfuckers out too. Exactly, like a lot of these corners. Bro, you go play corner at Boise State, you should be auditioning for the U.S. national team. Hey, bro, you're not going to the league. You're not Lando Scandrick. Bro, Lando Scandrick, he turned Boise State into a kid with Dre. Talk about a good call on his end, though, right? You talk about nothing or something. 